Hello and welcome to the podcast Nobody Wants Walking Skull episode four. No, episode three. I'm jumping an episode because we did a practice one. So episode three, I am Martin, the walking part of the walking skull. And the person that insists on cutting me off is Sean Scullying. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I clearly have never done intros before. I don't I didn't mean to cut you off once in a while. It's like, I'm, I'm just waiting for my moment to be like, do I, do I say the funny skull catchphrase next? Do I get to be a funny? <laughs> but for people that don't know, this is the show where we just decided to start recording our Zoom conversations because it's mostly movie-based, like every other podcast in the world that makes money talk about movies that are reviews of movies whether we recommend it or not you don't have to listen you don't have to go buy it you don't have to do anything but if we can make a couple bucks out of it it'd be fine yeah it'd be nice if you listened like it'd be really really helpful and we're also quite entertaining so you know do that um unfortunately though if you are podcast listeners we are not joe rogan we are very sorry to report this we're not joe rogan or a guest um we know King Joe Rogan is now Lord and Savior of the podcasts, apparently. I so, wish we were Joe Rogan. Imagine the money <laughs> we'd have. I mean, money-wise, sure, but I think personality-wise, I wouldn't want to be Joe Rogan. I just wouldn't want to. <laughs> I, I might be one of the few people that can say this, but I've honestly never listened, not out of like anything against him or anything. It's just never really came into my circle. So I've, yeah. I've, I've heard his voice, but I've never listened to this show. So I couldn't Same. say yes or no about his personality. I don't really know him that well. Yeah, I don't listen to him either. I know of him. I know his voice. I just don't listen to him because I just think the guy's a bit of an airhead. Um, of, which I hope he doesn't sue for slander. But yeah, I think Joe Rogan is an airhead. And that's probably going to be on someone's social media tag. <laughs> I don't know. If he does decide to sue you, this is, he's got nothing to do with what I'm saying. That was purely Sean that said it. <laughs> and if I could was, figure out how to tag things on YouTube, I'm sure we would tag you in it. But it I can't. It was, so. it, was, it, was the, it was the fat one. He, he was the one who said the thing. Throw him under the bus quick. <laughs> but yeah, to continue on, this is basically where we talk about what we've watched over the last two to three weeks, depending on how busy we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's it to be honest there's not really much yeah. else it's a chilled out podcast um, it's very very relaxing so if you like to hear two guys chin wag about uh, media then we, this is your podcast we're pretty good at it it is also heavily cut down because we go on some tangents <laughs> and if you wanted an hour like an eight hour long podcast I'd release mm. it but only if I was getting paid to do that we 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 probably do a podcast as like the length of like the old Napoleon film like from the nineteen twenties, which apparently was like five hours long. So we could probably do a podcast where it's just us chinwagging for five hours and make it into like some sort of like epic piece. Yeah, I could see that. Hey, if it made us money as well, that'd be good. I basically we would like chatting, but also cash would be nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that'd be pretty handy and uh, whatnot. But yeah, so. Let's start things off uh, with the media stuff. I'm going to kick things off here today because I saw a movie that just came out as a recording on Netflix uh, today, and that is the um, Ron Howard-directed Hillbilly Elgie, or Elgie. Is it Elgie? Because I'm having weird 
things of that word. I don't know how to pronounce it as Elgi or Elgi. It's, it's a weird oh, word. Look it up as you explain the plot. <laughs> All right. So Hillbilly Elgi is based on a book by a venture capitalist known as J.D. Vance, which was about um, his um, youth growing up in like um, rural Kentucky or Ohio, I think, um, where he grew up with his like uh, with these um, sort of southern redneck women who, uh, who he comes from a broken home. Uh, Amy Adams plays his mother. Glenn Close plays his uh, grand- grandmother, uh, Mama, and it's one and it was it's one of those like clear cut Oscar bait dramas that now instead of some other studio doing it, now Netflix have got their hands on it, and it's directed by Ron Howard, a certified journeyman filmmaker, a very good filmmaker, I might add, um, who directed the um, solo Star Wars uh, spinoff, which he kind of filled in the role because of the whole Miller. Um, what's the name of the other? What's the name of the other guy? Oh no, Lord. The name of the other it's guy. Miller and Lord. Thank, Miller and Lord, thank you. After the Nolan Lord situation, he also directed films such as Apollo 13, A Beautiful Mind, Rush and many, many other um, films that I think are very okay or kind of just me. And Hillbilly Elegy um, fits into that category of not only meh, but pretty, pretty fucking terrible if you ask me. Yeah. Um, so What's your thoughts on it then? Uh, well, I woke up at nine o'clock this morning. I set my alarm to watch it early because I knew we were doing this podcast and I figured, right, it's two hours. I'll squeeze in the two hours beforehand. That way, at least we'll have one other thing to probably talk about. And because it's like you have a new release, and I like to be trendy and catch up on the sort of thing. Um, yeah, it was bad, <laughs> like really bad. Like it's not like um, the room bad, where everything about it is a disaster. Like there's elements of it that kind of work. Like again, Ron Howard is a really good filmmaker, but when it comes to making a story like this, I just think he was the wrong guy to make it. Um, because it's a movie that ha- that's about a family drama at its centre, where Amy Adams plays this very abusive character, and you have like uh, Gabriel Bastel playing the older version of Vance in the story, and we constantly flashback between Vance in the 2011 and La- Vance in 1997 as a as a kid, and it's one of and it's one of those like things where like the abuse angle is portrayed in this really weird kind of. Hollywood whimsical like light sort of well not whimsical in a sort of like very theatrical theatrical kind of like thing like there's a scene where like she Amy Adams snaps and starts driving her car in front of another car and she's like I'm gonna crash this car and the music starts like getting heightened and heightened and heightened and heightened, and heightened. like it's like an action scene's gonna break out and I'm just sitting there going why if I, if I were if, if any other person did this it would have been a lot more quiet and a lot more subdued that way, the threat, the threat can be a lot more terrifying. Not, we're going to rise up the music. It's going to be really scary, and it's going to be cuckoo bonkers. And there's also a scene where her character um, takes, um, I think, an opioid medication or something. And she and, there, and she's a nurse in this like scene. And uh, there's another person who like comes in with like roller skate boots. You might sound like I'm making this up, but this is actually in the movie. <laughs> no, she that sounds like an opioid type deal. There. <laughs> so this person, she's in like a nurse's locker room because she works as a nurse. And this other nurse comes in with like lower boots. I think she's going to be going to a roller derby rally afterward. And Amy Adams notices, and she notices this and she's like, hey, could I take a ride of those? What shoe size are you? And she's like, I'm a, I'm a seven, but here, here you go. And literally, during this like sequence, it's kind of framed as like this sort of um, 
addiction downfall. Amy Adams is like fucking riding these roller skate boots in this hospital, and it's like Prelate is like really like and it's sort of it's somewhat portrayed as a very downtrodden like oh no this is the downfall moment. But the way it, the way it's like shown, I I I laughed my ass off. It was so funny. Like there are elements, there are scenes in this film where they try to portray it as very serious, but it comes off as fucking comical. Like in a, in a way in a way where it's like right, I'm laughing, so I'm enjoying this. But at the same time, I'm a bit annoyed because you could have portrayed this like in a more um, better way instead of just like hey, look at the big goofy thing happening, and it's like come on. Come on, Ron. That's not great. And the weirdest part is, um, you're a you're a fan of Hans Zimmer, uh, Martin, right? Yes. Oh, well, I mean, who's not? To be honest, he, I yeah. find it hard pressed to find someone who didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like comment Zimmer. on the show if you feel that you can. Yes, do please do comment. We like to hear your comments. Uh, but yeah, just Hans Zimmer, along with like um, another musical person named James Fleming, I think. Uh, I could be named, named wrong on the name, but Anyway, so uh, Hans Zimmer does the music along with this other guy, and the music is very good, but it doesn't fit this movie. Like it's the sort of like thing that goes very well with a western, but because this movie involves a lot of like redneck types, um, they kind of like use it for that, and it's like this this doesn't feel right. This just feels like you're trying to like make this sort of like small scale story this larger than life grandiose epic for your Oscars and it just doesn't feel right you know it just doesn't really feel it just doesn't mix and it's all totally all over the place you don't know where to laugh you don't know where to cry I cried because I was waste, I wasted like two two hours of my life for this movie but at the same time I was having fun also there's a scene in the film that I find to be hilarious where older Vance is at this sort of like snobbish dinner party at like a Yale thing and someone like mentions like the word redneck to him, and he stops him and goes, uh, um, um, "We we we don't like to use that word a lot." And it's like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right, <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, we're dealing with this person. So yeah, um, I recommend it on the basis that you'll get a couple of laughs from this film, and the acting, particularly from Glenn Close and the other cast members, is very good. Glenn Close plays the mama character. And she got, she's both the one of the better, better parts of the film because again you're telling this you can definitely tell she's working with this material uh, to her best. Amy Adams is okay, but there's some moments where it doesn't really click for me because she's really good. She's like one of my favorite actresses, but it just doesn't work out in this performance for some reason. I know to have to ever to whatever cat I heard, I agree. I'm also upset about this, and you've also got like um, Ron Howard directing it, and it's just. Again, a, per- a different director would have been fine. Just why Ron Howard? Fucking Ron Howard, man. Um, and so I also, so yeah, that's kind of the only like positives I have of it, and also the music. Although I feel you could probably listen to the music by itself, so you don't have to watch the film. Just find the soundtrack and just listen to that. It's a pretty decent soundtrack. But besides that, don't tell Billy LG. It's worth a watch for the lulls. Not worth a watch for seriously. Oh, not for you. Yeah, not for you. Not for me, rather. Um, I didn't particularly enjoy that much. I don't hate it. I just kind of, I'm just a bit like, you know, um, a gasp that it got made somehow. Yeah, so it's, you'd not watch it again. It's that level. 
you maybe I would watch it mostly just for the comical, just for just for some of the bits that made me giggle. I'd watch it for those, but not really for anything else. I just happily skip forward and just watch the bits that made me laugh, <laughs> just because it's kind of enjoyable. Um, but yeah, look, but that was the part of the that was the part of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, where a um, fat man unreasonably goes on for a ten minute rant about <laughs> Billy LG. I hope you enjoyed that section of the podcast. This is kind of the problem that we have, listeners or listener, <laughs> is that on occasion me and Sean just don't watch the same things. So there's no point. There's certain times where we just can't say anything to each other and just be like, "I'm okay." Yeah, but I, I don't blame you because some of the stuff that I would describe, the, mostly the parts that made me giggle, you probably think I was a psychopath for how I was, how I was describing it, or you'd just be like, mate, what, what are you talking about? Roller skates? What? But I, I'm g- genuinely, that, that's a scene in the movie, and it made me giggle so much. <laughs> no, I believe, I believe it. I believe that that was a scene in the movie that you saw. <laughs> But speaking of, <laughs> speaking of weeks that we don't normally watch the same things, we actually had a week where we did watch the same things for oh, once. Yeah. Because well, you have found out the joys of Apple. Well, joys is a loose term. You found out the <laughs> joys of Apple TV. In its defense, I found the joys of it. I mean, the actual app itself is still kind of weak. There's a couple of, like, you've still got, like, some stuff in there that isn't particularly, like, huge but at the same time i've got like some of the original content in the library and they've also got like ch- um, uh, uh, channels for a movie and the british film institute player which has a lot of like great film choices for yours truly because i'm a big cinephile and all the other pretentious words but yeah that's, it's that's cinephile he said there he didn't say any sort of other files just in case someone it, else heard yes yes don't please please don't for the accusation that'd be okay please thank you bye-bye <laughs> cinephile um it's yeah, a real we word. had we had apple tv we were i've had it for a while but i've only just recently got to that stage in our lockdown where there's nothing else to watch that's fair and uh we both found the joys of a show called ted lasso yeah <laughs> which if you don't know what it is I'll get up the description they have, but I'll also tell you the basis of it, is that the gentleman, uh, I can never remember his name. Uh, Jason Sudeikis, like the main guy who plays uh, Ted Lasso. Yes. So Jason Jason Sudeikis (laughs) is a, he's an American football coach. And he gets transferred, well, not transferred, he gets asked to come and coach an English Premiership team. And obviously, the main problem with that is that he's never been to England, he's never been out of Kentucky, he has never even looked at a football game before, so he has no idea what the rules are. And it just follows that storyline throughout the whole thing. And it's just, it's just nice, for lack of a better term. It's just a nice show. Especially yeah. in this year, it's a nice show to watch. <laughs> yeah, like I remember um, when I got Apple TV. When I got the uh, Apple TV. It was mostly because like I was getting ready to unsubscribe to like the WWE Network, just because the company themselves are fucking. Ugh, that's a long story. But anyway, so when I got to Apple TV Plus, I think you were like, "Hey, check out this uh, Ted Lasso show. It's pretty good." And I decided to give it a watch because like it's a thirty minute. Uh, each episode's like thirty minutes, so I figured, "Hey, I'll give it a watch." And 
Jesus Christ, I don't think I've ever seen a show that is so wholesome and sort of like has a love for its characters than Ted Lasso. Like the fact that like Apple TV Plus has not been promoting this like at all compared to like shows like um, The Morning Show and I think even the film On the Rocks, it's kind of baffling how they haven't promoted this. Like it's generally the sort of like underseen piece of treasure. I love this show. It's one of my favorites this year. Yeah, it is. It's one of those shows that no matter what, throughout any episode, and we won't go fully into details just in case there's people that actually want to watch it. And I know that my mum's been watching it, but I don't know if she's finished it. So I don't want to spoil it if she's listening. Is, well, of course, we'll, prob- we'll probably mention like things like, oh, hey, do you remember that bit? But besides that, no spoilers here. We, we really want everyone who's listening, who's listening here to watch the show. Yeah, it's just, it's a show that no matter what happens, there's it's not unpredictable would be a word i'd say but throughout the whole thing no matter what happens badness the character of ted lasso is untouched in the mm. whole thing he always finds the bright side he always makes you smile with some sort of kentucky wisdom saying sometimes he doesn't even know what the saying is he just says it <laughs> But throughout the whole thing, it is just, it's an amazing show. The mm. cast is amazing. There is people who you don't think would be good. There's uh, Nick Mohammed plays the kit boy, or kit man, I believe is what he de- prefers to be described as. Nathan, he's, mm. throughout it, he was in, I think, was in Central Intelligence or something that had David yeah, Swimmer in it. The- yeah, Central. Te- I think it was called Central Intelligence. I haven't watched it. I've not had a chance to watch it, uh, but it seems to be like he's having a good time at the moment. All yeah, the other well, characters well, are really good. Juno Temple's in it, and she is amazing. Uh, Anthony Head. Uh, the slight yeah. thing for this is that part of the reason why he gets moved from Kentucky to... What is the place called again? Uh, oh, the well, I think I don't really know what the city is. I think it's like I know it's like somewhere near Manchester because it's a it's probably a fictional like town because I don't remember the name. Yeah, I don't think uh, it's a thing. He's moved to a struggling London. I'm reading the plot now. It's a struggling London football team. Yeah, so I think the team is like Richmond or Richville. I think Richmond. So I think he went to like a town called Richmond. But again, I am also sure that I don't really know the name that much. But yeah, that. Uh, Anthony Head and uh, her name is Hannah Waddingham. If I've messed that up, I can only apologize. We're together before the series starts, and the series starts with them breaking up in bad terms mm-hmm. where he's been caught cheating on you, cheating on me, cheating on her. <laughs> no, Anthony, how could you? We were supposed to go get fine together. But to give him credit, and this is the first time in a while where I've seen Anthony Head work, to be honest. He's not really needed to after Buffy. But oh, it's a him. mix seen. between the writing and a mix between him himself makes you hate him throughout the whole show. <laughs> well, he's a scandal. But he's kind of perfect for that, though. Like, he has that sort of, like, aura as an actor. He could just sort of, like, walk into any role where he's, like, the most sinister guy in the room. Like, he was in an episode of Doctor Who. This is kind of how I remember him where he was part of, like, he was an alien who was, like, these alien gargoyle bat things called the Corillotane, which were 
fucking scary. And they were part of a school episode, so that made it all the more terrifying. And his performance in that episode was, like, so good. And that's kind of how I remember him, just because he gives off that sort of, like, somewhat terrifying aura. And it's like, yeah, I don't want to be anywhere near you, because you could probably eat me. <laughs> I don't want to be near you, Mr. Head. No, but what I'm meaning by that, obviously he's a good villain, but mm-hmm. the problem is that he he's a scummy guy. There's, there's yeah. no other words to say about it, but Anthony Head is... He's a scum in this. He cheats on he cheated on his wife several times and didn't seem to want to stop. The character's name Hannah's character's name in this is Rebecca. And he specifically it's a slight spoiler, he specifically dated someone else called Rebecca, who was much younger. <laughs> just so he knew that the newspapers would call her call the younger one Rebecca mm-hmm. and her old Rebecca. He's he's an awful person. But when it comes to the rest of the cast, the rest of the cast is amazing. It's, to my knowledge, and I apologize to the cast like they're listening, a bunch of people who I've never heard of are, they play the football teams, they, they play the football team, not the teams. They play the <laughs> players in the football teams. They play the coaches. They are like administration staff and they're all amazing like the writing is really not the best thing about it but the writing really sells them as people not just characters doing stuff they're people that are living a life yeah i think in defense of that i think the writing is honestly the one of the more stronger elements of the show because it's because i remember watching it and on the first episode it's the sort of like usual um classic sort of like a uh, person out of his element plot where you're going to get a character uh, and throw him into the sort of like unknown world and you're probably going to get all these sort of like cliches pop up once in a while or you're going to deal with a walking cliche himself and it turns out that ted lasso was not only like you know this very willing to go this willing go-getter to sort of like you know team uh, help out the football team but the other the actual team around him are uh, start off a bit cautious around them then they grow to like adore him and the other characters around him start growing as people like it's one of those like shows kind of like bojack horseman where you start off with certain characters as one way and then as you watch it they start off like unraveling in more slow relative ways and they become these more human characters even the jamin jamin sorry the jamie tart character who would probably who's like the sort of bully character becomes this warm character in the end like, there's an amazing moment in the, the last episode involving him that just made me do a guffaw <laughs> and yeah you've also the none of the character types stay the same like if it were to my knowledge obviously i'm not a writer of any sort but anyone else would have just kept the jamie tart character a bad guy i and wouldn't have tried like... to humanize him whatsoever but this guy uh, i don't know who the full writers is but i know one of the creators of Scrubs is one of the writers and a co-creator mm. with Jason Sudeikis on this show and it's just it's an amazing show to watch. What well, I recommend you yeah. watch it. It's yeah, I I'm on the same boat. It's going to be one that I'm going to be talking about until like until this year ends. It's honestly maybe not my favorite this year because I think there's like something else that came out that was like, "Oh, wow, what's my favorite?" But so far, it's definitely one of the like ultimate surprise shows that I've seen this year because of how genuine the show is and how heartfelt the show is, and just how funny the show is. 
and I just, I just, I, 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 I'm in love with it. I love this show so much. I want to take it out to a fine dinner, treat it to a nice, to a nice fine meal. It's that good a show, and I wish nothing but success for them on season two and three, which got, by the way, season two got announced like days after the like the first episode aired, and I think season three got announced at some point after season two got announced. So I think Apple TV Plus has got a winner on their hands at this point. Mm. What I love the most about this show, and obviously there's a lot, is that do you know the origins of Ted Lasso? Sure. Yeah, he uh, yeah he was a fictional character that Sudeikis made for like a Premier League campaign thing, I think. Yeah, and, it was for uh, adverts for NBC playing the Premier League, and it was maybe yeah. it was maybe a two to three minute long advert. And then they did a couple of them, and that's literally where Ted Lasso came from. Is from an yeah. advert, and they turned them. That's like the PG tips monkey getting a series. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's kind of a it's kind of an interesting origin story because I remember, like, again, it, it just sort of shows how underpromoted the show is to me. I remember seeing, like, when I logged in, uh, when I logged in, like, on the PS4 when I boot up and seeing like the adverts for their um, you know, apps you can download. It was just quietly, there was a picture of it just quietly sitting there. And this was before I logged into Apple TV and started watching their shows. It's just just sitting there with just saying this. I thought, okay, um, don't really know much about that. And then, like, now that I subscribed to them and then you recommended it, checked it out. And, yeah, it's shocking how little shown this show is. And when you look into, like, the backstory of it and how it came about, it's quite crazy um, that this show is just such this sort of, like, quietly hidden like thing um like it's like it's one of those things where i feel like if it was shown on the bbc it probably wouldn't be that great if i'm being honest just because they're they probably like do like certain things like you said where they're like oh no make that character uh this character or uh make sure you capture our culture in a much more sophisticated manner but here it's like just this very wholesome fun show where people just learn to be good people and it's a good show and i love it and i just want to give it a big old hug is what i want to do yeah, uh, I think it's sold by one line in the whole movie, in the whole movie, in the whole show, sells the show, where Ted Lasso is being interviewed by someone, and he asks them, what are they good at? And the guy goes, and the, before the guy answers, he says, oh yeah, well, you're obviously good at writing, and you're darn good at it, and all that kind of stuff. And he goes, well, I love to coach, and I'm going to say it again so you don't get confused. The winning doesn't mean anything to me. I love to coach people. I want them to be the best kind of the. I want them to be their best selves on and off the pitch. And that kind of, I think that's maybe three episodes in, and that sells yeah. the whole season. It's just that one line. Yeah, like it's it not only does it like sell the show and what the show is about, but also it sort of like represents this character to the absolute like T that this guy is coaching to help people and improve them as people and he loves it and i think that's a great dynamic for our coach character because most coach characters in media are just these very grouchy bastards well lasso is just this refreshingly sort of upbeat hey guys it's all about winning we're gonna like try and do our best and it's like god damn we need more characters like ted lasso yeah and there's other characters that are like i'm not gonna let him get to me I'm not going to let them change me and all that stuff. It's just, it's an amazing show. We can't say any more about it without spoiling it. And mm. I really, basically, stop listening. 
but pause, pause, and then come back. But watch the whole thing. It's 10 episodes, 11 episodes, 12 episodes. And it's a short think, series. It's a mini-series. It's, well, mini, the, the mini-series is like the sort of, like, it's like a, what would you, what'd you call it, a, a mini-series? Uh, that's like the sort of, like, stuff like American Horror Story and Fargo, where it's like its own contained story. This is like uh, part of a bigger thing, because remember, season two and three have been announced. Yeah, and but I'm, I think... I'm meaning for people that want to watch it now. All right, it's I just... Season one, was... obviously, because they wrote it not knowing full well, and they filmed it not knowing that they'd get a season two. But it's... Well, of course. It's no more than 12 episodes, and they're 20 minutes each. Some mm. are 30 for longer ones, but you'll knock out in an afternoon and it's a great show yeah to sort of put things in perspective about it before we do like move on to the next thing ted lasso is, is such a good show that during a football game in like one of the final moment in one of the last episodes i was engaged in this football game similar to how uncut james got me invested into a goddamn basketball game so that's how good this show is it gets you invested in a sport you likely probably don't care about so you know it's quite it's quite well done yeah that's that's that one the last thing i'll say about it and then we'll move on to your next show is that it made me care about the score off a fictional football game because mm. normally like, you watch it and you're like ah it's just fictional but it genuinely made you care whether or not these guys were winning i not really more about that i care I, and just in general with football i just don't particularly enjoy watching it but anywho Let's move on to the next thing. So remember, folks, Ted Lasso. Check it out. It's on Apple TV+. Plus. It's one of the best shows that you'll find this year. And I'm looking forward to seeing what else they do for two and for season two and three, just because mm. I feel they've got, like, this big winner on their hands. And if Apple people are listening to this, which they probably aren't, but I'm going to give them a clear message here, uh, please promote Ted Lasso. It's very, very good. If Apple people are listening, we've just given you 20 to 15 minutes worth of free advertising there just chuck us a buck or once yeah please give that give martin an iphone and just give me like one of your fancy little doohickey cameras because holy shit the cameras that you use for your shows and movies are insane just pass this we're not doing this for free well we are doing this for free never <laughs> but to, yeah, to go with yeah, what you martin's say pay, of, me. to go with what you say of hoping that they do season two and three well and wanting to know what they do if it's anything, if the Scrubs guy, Bill Lawrence, has got anything to do with it, he plans, to my knowledge, he plans quite a bit. So he's probably got see, up to season eight mapped out. That's good. Those are like the best showrunners, the ones that have like everything planned out. Just because like you'll get showrunners that are like, I, I don't know, I didn't even think I'd get this far. And you'll have some like Bill Lawrence or Vince Gilligan that are just like, yeah, this is going to happen here. Never just going to stop and just do whatever. So that's good. Yeah, let's move on. Let's play the game that everyone plays in Sean's head. Is it a movie or a TV show? Go. <laughs> no one plays that game with me. No one's interested. Uh, well, I will probably tell you what show I've just started watching. I've yet to finish it, but I just started watching it because it's one of those shows this year has been getting a lot of particular big buzz. I started watching Lovecraft Country. I have not had a chance to get on that yet, but I am. I'm hoping to. <laughs> it's... And there, just for a little bit of a backstory, I'm not huge on H.P. Lovecraft. Like, this book is based on another fictional book that surrounds, like, the... Fucking hell. Oh, my God. Mm. 
I was about to have my own H.P. Lovecraft monster about to appear on my belly. Anyway, so it's based on a book that's about like these sort of like H.P. Lovecraft like um, legendary stories and whatnot. And like it takes a lot of inspiration from a lot of Lovecraft stories, and it follows this character called Atticus Freeman, played by Jonathan Majors, who goes who is on a mission to help his father who has been missing. So, um. He rags up his uncle, played by Courtney B. Vance, and this um, childhood friend of his, who's played by what? What's your face from uh, Birds of Prey? You know the one that Canary, Black Canary, is that who, the one that sings? Uh, just keep telling me, and I will have a look on the IMDb for you. Like, I think the actress's name is a uh, Jen- Jenny Smalley. Like, I may have buggered up the names there, but uh, she plays the uh, friend of like Atticus. I I know who you mean, and I'm not going to disrespect her by completely messing up this name, but I believe it is Jureen Somali. It's one of those ones where it's it's got T's at the end, but it's not pronounced T's, I believe. Yeah, it's a silent it's silent T's, I imagine. But yeah, so that so and they go on for they go off in this like great grand adventure that has this mixture of like horror elements elements of like Indiana Jones at one point and it just it's just like these characters dealing with like different like things that happen each week obviously there's a connected story that happens that's but that they're leading up to but they've got these like different individual like um, stuff that they deal with in each season and it's very very well done like it's also set in like 1955 in the Jim Crow like South where everyone was mega racist um and it's it's probably one of the better like shows that I've seen to pit that era because you'll get shows or movies set in that era when they don't really address it like at all like they address it but not in the sort of way that this show does this show addresses it in a very head-on like kind of thing and there's some genuinely incredible moments that occur uh, in this like show hell in the first episode there are elements of like me laughing because it opens up on a fucking crazy ass dream sequence that is incredible. And I do want to ruin it because it's just one of the most incredible dream sequences I've ever seen. Um, and then you have like this incredible like car chase that happens near the end. Um, some weird fucking wolf creatures that attack like that attack them and also attack these racist like um, uh, cops and it's like really well done. And then you get to the next episode where more insane shit happens and just by episode five or six, you've seen so much crazy moments go down but at the same time the show's got this like massive like heart to it where it follows these characters um just trying to like solve out this mystery and also these sort of like mystery surrounding Atticus Freeman's um heritage because he's connected in some way to like these witches and warlocks and whatnot and it's definitely one of the better shows I've seen this year and there's so many great characters and so many great performances in this and even some great episodes and moments that I think just make this like one of the better like TV shows this year because well then again I think 2020 has some good TV just because like everyone was just gonna like well fuck it here have this everyone's stuck at home just enjoy the show um but yeah I highly recommend it if you have like Sky um it's on Sky Atlantic and I, I, I just love the show. I haven't finished it. I'm just like I think I'm past episode six, but I cannot wait to like get uh, finish it just because it's so intriguing and I, I'm I'm just head over heels for it. Plus, it's produced by Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams, which just 
completely makes sense. Yeah, that just adds to it when it comes to it. Yeah, it just makes sense in the context of like the show. And the show's so good that I might even hunt down the book it's based on just so I can read it because I need more books to read. I need more words for my brain. Um, mm. But also, it's just a great, it's just also one of those like, things that shows that Jonathan Majors is probably one of the better actors to come out like of the last decade. And just, I want more Jonathan Majors in my movies and shows. He's very good. He is quite good from what I know him from. I only really know him from, uh, was it Five Blood? The Five Blood? The Five Bloods. Remember. Yeah, The Five Bloods. <laughs> I know him from that. But that's a that's about it to be honest. But well, you're, he's really well, you're good forgetting um you're forgetting Last Black Man from San Francisco. I keep on forgetting that movie exists, <laughs> and it was a really really good movie. If you guys haven't yeah. seen Last Black Man in San Francisco, that's another nice movie. Yeah, we went to the cinema to see that. My heart breaks when you forgot that. I'm like, oh no, we went to the see, we went to the movies ah, to see that, that one. Maybe you're part of the reason I forgot. I was so <laughs> I was so lost in your eyes, Sean, that I just completely forgot there was a film. Max means the weird heavy breathing when I was watching the film. No, that's just because <sighs> Martin, not now I'm trying to watch the movie. <laughs> no, that's just because the people who have listened to this show probably know that I am a major mouth breather. So there's uh, there'll be certain points in this show where they will just hear me breathe into the mic. I am a massive <laughs> mouth breather. In every sense of the word, I'm a bit, I'm a bit ditzy, and I breathe through my mouth. But I, I am a huge mouth breather. Those are the, those are the, like the greatest things to put on your business card whenever you go to like these sort of business conventions. Oh yes, here. Uh, if you ever want to get me, hire me for jobs, I'm a huge mouth breather. <laughs> I'm also a bit, a bit ditzy, ditzy, and I'm a huge mouth breather. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a very Lovecraft Country is very good, and I highly recommend it. Um, and oh, I don't even know what else to say, but it. it's so good. There's also a Haunted House episode that they have, just fucking brilliant. Like, oof, that's all I want to say. I just want to highlight that episode, just because it's just fucking oh, it's brilliant. That's another problem we have. Where if it's something that we've not seen it all the way through, we can't really say that much about. It. Yeah, we just have to like drop in minor details or just get or just get people hyped for it. That's kind of like the skills that I have to get people to see movies or shows. I'm just kind of going, going, hey, you want this thing? It happens in that thing. Hey, you like uh, this person? I'll get you this person to be in the movie. Uh, so, you know. Okay, so that's my... Speaking of shows that I've finished, I have finally finished the most ridiculous show I've ever watched. It is, okay. it is called 911 Emergency. It is ridiculous. I've unfortunately not seen the first two seasons, but I've recently finished the third season of it. And basically, for people who don't know, it's on Sky One. Uh, they've got 911 Lone Star, which I've also just started watching. But it is basically, it follows the Firehouse, I believe, 135, and just them going about their lives. And then dealing with any sort of fire issues that come into it and it's so dumb there is uh, the season itself starts off with uh, LA being hit by a massive tsunami out of nowhere (laughs) I remember the poster 
like there you mentioned it. I remember the poster just being like a family on a like run, not a run, like one of those like um, what do you call it? pier runways, you know, the wooden balcony, and just to it's the main one. Run, it's the main pier in LA. I can't remember what it's called, but it's the main one in LA. <laughs> oh man, what a what a way to open your season! Just tsunami out of nowhere. But it is an amazing, it's an amazing show. It always gets your heart racing, no matter what you're watching. It's kind of like This Is Us, but it is, it's just, I think, well, the season's just finished, and it's no spoiler, because, to be honest, it's doing the rounds on Facebook, when the Facebook <laughs> videos that have the stupid music underneath the scenes, it finishes with a massive train crash just within the LA County. That's all right. And they're fixing all that and just they there's never just an easy job. Like mm. literally they had to start there was a train car that managed to be elevated in the air. So three of the guys had to climb up and hike <laughs> themselves up to this train car to see if there was anyone stuck inside. And obviously they couldn't just have found people in it, they'd be fine. They're stuck inside. There's two people that are wedged on either ends of a rebar. Okay. And basically, if they cut one end, they're going to kill that. They're going to save that guy, but kill that girl. Jesus they, Christ. Or, and they've got to choose everything. But this is a TV show. <laughs> so one of them goes, aha, I've got an idea. And climbs himself outside of the train with a massive <laughs> angle grinder and manages to cut his way into the train and saves both of them. And both of them are fine. Because nothing that bad happens. <laughs> it's it's like you before you before you um, said the solution to the problem. It sounded like you're describing the tr a new trolley problem that this show creates. Like I imagine, like with every sort of like emergency of the week, it's just going to be like a sort of like help. We have a trolley problem of the week. You got to help solve it. <laughs> it's like it's just it's so good. It's, it's it's car crash TV, but literally sometimes. But you just can't help but not watch it. And the cast is amazing. It's got Angela Bassett is a police officer in it. It's got Peter Krause as the fire chief. And it's got Jennifer Love Hewitt is their actual 911 operator. That's cool. So in most episodes, quick run into it, most episodes start with you hear the phone line coming on. It rings, it rings, it rings. You hear 911, what's your emergency? And normally, the most ridiculous thing in the world that it will never be said other than on TV is used to describe what the emergency is. Where literally, I think one of them was, one of them was, uh, what was it? Damn, I can't, I, I had it and it literally disappeared. Are you one sure of them, just described the call? <laughs> no, one, of, one of the calls was, oh my God, she's flying away. Was how it started, <laughs> and you're just—that's how it gets you, because you're listening to it. And you're going, well, I've got to see what that means. And that episode was was the a mom and a daughter had went on a ballooning trip, like you know how you can hot, hire a hot air balloon mm. in the hills of LA, and when they went to when they went to come out of it. The the pilot, I don't know what you call someone who drives a drives who some someone who does things with hot air balloons. He jumped out of the basket, and then the mum jumped out of the basket, and then the wind blew the little girl away. 
you're laughing you're laughing because you've not seen it but literally watching it like they managed to edit it that well that you're actually watching it and you're going oh shit is she gonna be okay <laughs> like it could be that i'm like having like dumb little doodles in my mind of just like a uh, mother hopping off a uh, balloon person hopping off and just that flying away and then like the call just it sounds insane I, I forgot to say I that mean, the reason why the balloon man could not help the daughter was that the balloon got blown away that strongly that it knocked him over and he cracked his <laughs> head on a massive stone that just happened to be there. This, yep, just happened to be there. <laughs> but there's so many, there's great moments. Like There's great moments where Angela Bassett's character at one point gets attacked because she's a police officer. She gets attacked, but her mic's left on. So you can mm-hmm. still hear her getting attacked. And the music they play behind it, the editing, the score, it's all really, really good. And it gets you actually amped up of going, what, what's ha- is she going to be okay? I know it's just a TV show, but she's going to be all right. There's just, well, it's, like good, it's an awesome show. Well, that's good. The good kind of like um, show editing or even like just film editing in general, where like you edit and film it in a way where like your, your character's in trouble. And you're and, and like you get engaged to a point where you're like, I hope this person's okay. I don't want anything to happen. I want I don't want anything to happen to them. Please don't want anything to happen to them. But I will say the balloon segment um just proves why I'd be terrible in a fucking watch group. I'd be the only person laughing and everyone will be looking at me like, you fucking psychopath, will you stop? I'll see I'll see if I can find the scene and I'll send it to you. But all right. they they all start with ridiculous scenes. There's one where I'm gonna talk about it for ages, I'll be honest. But there's one where <laughs> somewhere the the nine one one what is your emergency thing happens and he it's a young teenager, probably later in his years teenagers phoning and going there's there's a police chase happening right behind me, and she goes it's okay just pull over you're fine, and then the way they get you in is he goes no they're chasing me I'm driving this really fast car that I've stolen from my dad <laughs> and the brakes have broken so I can't slow down. <laughs> amazing are you sure this is a drama not a comedy because that's the sort of thing you call it's like a, a mix of both. comedy there's there's moments <laughs> where it's quite funny like the way that they solve that is that they have him crash into the back of the fire engine all right the fire engine's the biggest thing that can stop him but as he mm-hmm. hits it they have what's the phil collins song that has the drums in it oh, don't, oh no they play coming in the air tonight yeah, so they have that. That's, That's the build-up before it happens. And when he <laughs> crashes into the back of the back of the actual fire engine, the drums kick in. <laughs> oh, okay, I hit it. Sorry, that is incredible. It's. Just, I recommend you watch it. It's on Sky One. I think the season is finished for the year. I don't know if they're getting another one. I've not looked it up, but it is an amazing. Oh, I've also I'm, started I'm, watching the. There's an Austin version of it that's got Rob Lowe as the fire chief, and that one starts in a ridiculous way as well, where they're trying to. The reason why he moves from New York to Austin is that in the Austin Fire Department, they're trying to put out a fire. And halfway through them trying to put out a fire, they find out that it's actually like a, not manure, but like a, it's a, an area where there's high explosives. 
that level of stuff. And the yeah. and it explodes. That's how they start it while the fire chiefs are still there. It's <laughs> just a show that blows your mind and gets you straight away because you want to know what everything's happening. And it literally opens on explosive shit, so that's pretty cool. Like literally, literally explosive shit. <laughs> but that's that's all I can say about nine one one. Watch it. In fact, you don't even have to watch it. Flick through the Facebook, flick through the Facebook videos, and it'll show most of the scenes I've talked about. That's how I got interested in it. I will happily have you dissuade them to me because, genuinely, um, fucking the fact that the show has coming in the air tonight, along with a character crashing their car into a back at the back of a fire uh, truck, is genuinely one of the funniest things I've probably heard. Even though in context, it's a lot more. Tragic? I don't know. Cause yeah, it's a it's a funny thing to describe, but obviously when you're watching it, you're very weirded out. I should say it's a yeah. show that's made by Ryan Murphy to connect to a couple episodes ago when you were watching American Horror Stories. And Glee, yeah, like Matt Murphy guy can just he he's good. Ryan Murphy, I love, but at the same time, I just wanted to relax. He keeps making all this stuff, and I'm like Ryan Murphy, please relax make yourself some tea just sit down and just come on come on man you're, you're killing yourself over here he should stop but what i also like about him is he seems like the type of guy that's not 100 percent sure he deserves to be where he is so he's going to make as much <laughs> as he can that's fair i that's one of the reasons why i love him like he'll make something like glee and then he'll make american horror story and then he'll just make on all this like other stuff and he's also done a lot of like great things for like different communities and whatnot so you know Plus, he produced um, The Boys in the Band, which is like one of the best films this year. Watch it, listener. It's fucking brilliant. Right, we're coming up to 10 minutes before the end. Right, I've got one more thing to suggest. Should we do um, five minutes each? Sure. Um, I've got like two more here, but I'll mention one just to get off the list. Um, just I should because... say, I feel no, listeners, that I know Sean will not stick to the five minutes each rule, but I'm giving it to him to make it seem like he will. <laughs> it's okay, dear listener. I will try my hardest. Okay, so the first I've got the list is on the rocks from uh, the new film from Sofia Coppola, starring Bill Murray and Rashida Jones, which is on Apple TV Plus. That was like the other new thing that I watched on there, um, which is about um, Rashida Jones' character, who is a newly married woman who is married to Marlon Wayne's character Dean. He constantly goes away. She starts suspecting he's cheating to a point where like her father who's a playboy type character named bill played by bill murray comes in and he's like hey i think your husband's cheating let's follow him so the whole film is basically is pretty much this them wondering what the steam character's up to having some philosophical conversations about the nature of men and women and relationships and whatnot and i don't know i thought it was all right like but she it wasn't a the... desperate one then. It wasn't a, oh my God, let's watch this right now. Because yeah. I've just been looking at the cast. The cast is interesting. Yeah. But like, don't get me wrong. I am a big, I'm a fan of Sofia Coppola. I think her, I think her as, her as a director, she's incredible. Like she's a really good director. But I have this weird issue for some of her films where like, they just don't really like add up to much in my mind. Like, um, I think the, one, of, one of the films I saw in cinemas by her, the Beguiled remake, I was like, yeah, I don't know, not really for me, Chief, but hey, it looked pretty, so well done. And with On the Rocks, it's a movie that has a plot that sounds kind of interesting, but it's pretty much just an hour and a half of a movie that doesn't really lead up to much. 
like I don't really want to go into it without spoiling it, so I'm just going to say it's a fun, it's a semi-fun hour and a half with Rashida Jones and Bill Murray giving their best, giving really good performances in a movie that doesn't really add up to much. And you're kind. And by the end, I was kind of just left wondering what the you know, point of it was. And Fair enough. I'll still give it a go. Yeah, I mean, I recommend it just because it's a maybe. It's a maybe a decent a decent time killer. Like at the time, I was kind of a bit like, well, that was a waste of time. But someone could probably watch it and think, yeah, that was a good waste of time. But for me, I don't know. It was it was something that I was hoping like led to a more bigger pathos instead of just, yep, here's a movie. And I'm just kind of like. All right, cool. <laughs> and just left out of that. But I do yeah. recommend it for Bill Murray and Rashida Jones, though. They were very good. They, she, both of them are, well, obviously Bill Murray, but Rashida Jones are very good comic actors as well. Oh, of course. There's even elements where the two of them are really funny in the, like, oh, Jesus Christ, but the two of them are very funny in the film itself because they're really, they know their shit. They're really good comedic actors. So whenever they have a good line to deliver or two, they're very good. At what they do, and I think the like if if either one of them wasn't in the film, I don't think it'd be worth spit. But because the two of them are there, elevating this like pretty much fine script, I think they probably are the like shining stars of this film. Everything else about it, you could probably just watch and probably I don't know, have a good time. If I, I don't even know what to say about it. It was okay. Fair enough. Uh, my relatively quick thing is that i started a show on netflix called dash and lily dash and lily all right which was a starts off being a rather i've not finished it so i can't give you the full story but it starts off being a relatively meh show where it looks like it's just two teenagers who are living separate lives one of them really likes christmas the other one doesn't like christmas but it actually turns into quite a wholesome little thing where Lily is a character who doesn't really do too much interests, but she always likes keeping people happy. And her brother decides to try and help her find someone that can be friends with. Like She's one of those kids that doesn't really have friends her own age. Mm-hmm. She has friends that are all, give or take, 25 to 30. Where they're, like, she's an old, I believe they use the term old soul, in the show where she's yeah. an old woman stuck in a 15 year old's body and they <laughs> her and her brother make this scavenger hunt in this little diary that mm. is an amazing thing where she's like she's writing into it going if you such and such this you'll know this type of thing and it'll lead them to the next clue and then the next clue and then the next clue and she puts mm. it in her favorite bookstore and then this is where Dash comes in. Dash also goes to there and ha- happenstances across the book. So he decides to keep on going with the scavenger hunt. And there's really good scenes where he's like trying to cheat and he's talking to the guy who runs the bookstore and he's like, oh, she, can, she told me that I couldn't help anyone and all this kind of stuff. And it's literally the scavenger hunt starts off with them going around her favorite bookstore to try and find what mm. the meaning clue is. And then they keep it going. Dash gives her some clues and hides it in his favourite shop. He sort of cheats and he hides it in the favourite shop that's run by his best friend. But then she gets around so and talks to the best friend and goes, don't let him know what I look like. I want to keep this going as long as I can. And it just mm-hmm. escalates where he then tries, she then tries to get him to do something that he doesn't like doing. 
like liking mm. Christmas and going out and enjoying a Christmas shop. And then he tries to get her to do something like go to a nightclub once. And then obviously there's things that happen that change the story, but it is a really, really nice, I've said that like everything, but it's a really <laughs> nice story where it's two people that are slowly falling in love, but they've not met each other yet. Yeah. Like you kind of like you were talking about Ted Lasso, you just kind of need that sort of like thing, like you know, like a sort of like wholesome, like sure movie, especially like this year. So you know, you can't really argue about like anything to, to trying to be wholesome, you know. It's a really good show. Watch it on Netflix. I might finish it later on today after I've done editing this. Uh, mm. We've kind of got a couple more minutes here. Should we have a quick yeah. one last one that I think we've both watched? Sure, I'm. I'm hoping it's like what I'm hoping is because I think we mentioned it like in the last episode and we just kind of dropped it because we kind of got carried away with some other like topics. Oh, there's your animals kicking, and you heard my yeah, my cats my, meowing earlier on, and yeah, then Sean's dogs. dog. Oh no, I think someone's at the door, or it's just the wind. Jesus Christ, there they go again. Um, so yeah, the show I was the show I was on about is that I watched and finished the mini series of the Anti Donna show. Oh, you've watched Andy Donna's new show? Oh, good. I watched it as well. Like, I think when it dropped, it was like one of the first, it was like the first, it was the first thing I immediately did that day. I just got off and watched Andy Donna's like new show. Well, it's a really good show. We'll be honest to the people listening. It's a, <laughs> it's a relatively niche comedy where yeah, you either um, like it or you don't like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they're, they're they're a comedy trio that have been around for like years, um, particularly on like YouTube. They have their own channel of tons of incredible sketches. And they managed to get their own show on Netflix, produced by Egg Helms. So that's very good. Uh, Egg Helms. (laughs) And this show, generally one of the funniest things you'll find this year. It's fucking hilarious. To a point where, also, it might not be something that you like, which is fine. But Mm. for us, we really we like Auntie Donna as it is. So we found it funny. Generally, it's it's incredible. Just the amount of like stuff that even even some of the old sketches that he did like on tour. Um, but were brought into this like show, like you know the Ellen sketch that like Rowan does along with like I think Zach. Yeah, I've seen the live seeing, show as well. Yeah, seeing that <laughs> on like the Netflix form, genuinely one of the best, one of the funniest things I think I've seen. I remember like crying afterward. It was so funny. <laughs> like, it was just because of how fucking insane it gets. It's it gets more and more insane. It gets more ridiculous. <laughs> The, the shows in general, like it's a fourth wall show where they're quite happy to say it's a TV show. There's yeah, a, they can There's a funny bit where in their sketches, they normally have, since there's only the three of them, plus, mm. well, there's the four of them, because I, I can always not remember the girl's name, but they get her involved as much as they can. Yeah, that's good, because she's generally hilarious. She's debatably funnier than three of them sometimes. <laughs> but since it's only really the three of them and they want to keep that magic, what I always laugh at is when they were doing the sketches in YouTube, they would always play multiple characters. <laughs> and then they start the show by trying their best to make it cut in and be all CG and cut in nicely and everything. But then they just give up by the end of it. And it's literally just, they have the same scenes happen, but one of them's dressed up as they are, and then they have the other person talk, who's just a mannequin that's the standard, so they know where to stand, and they just keep them. <laughs> oh, like, I remember, like, I, I remember the, um, 
that that one caught me off guard just because like that's kind of a new thing for them to sort of like do because normally it's just like they manage to cut themselves as their as themselves and then one of them playing a character so it's sim- so it's relatively well done but i think watching it on the netflix show and just seeing that it's like yeah that's a funny little detail into their show and i guarantee you there's gonna be like more memes made of it and i hope they have a second season because they're just fucking hilarious <laughs> Oh, and I've been I've been joined by my cat Wilbur, which means it's time to wrap up because someone wants cuddles and pets. All right. Well, uh, before we do go though, um, you looking forward to the next episode of The Mandalorian? Yes, I I always like Mandalorian. I like that it's Dave Filoni's doing it, and he was the one that created Ahsoka Tano. So I like the mm-hmm. fact that they're letting him direct his live action dream come to life, basically. Yeah, I've never seen the animated show, so I'm looking forward to seeing this character in action. Um, so that's going to be exciting. Plus, just the Mandalorian this, uh, recently has just been incredible. Like, I think their previous episode might be the best that they have so far this season. Yeah, I, I think they've just amped it up completely. Disney's obviously let Favreau and Filoni do, well, not what they want. They still want it to link mm. into the wider universe, but... Yeah, they, but they're still letting them, them just do stuff. Yeah, just being like, right, as long as you're not, like, trying to destroy, like, you know, the lore, because that's going to piss off all of, like, fucking nerds out there. Just stick with these stuff and have fun. Just have fun with it, you know, just whatever. But, yeah, I'm glad they're having fun of it. It's definitely one of the best shows that Disney Plus is going, and I'm looking forward to seeing where it all leads. Yeah. yeah, I should also say that we've not talked about it a lot on the show, because there's certain people that wait till the end and they watch it all the way through. And there's some people that watch it week to week. There's other folks that just don't really care. We might talk about it more next week because that's halfway through the season. I think is next week. Oh, for sure. We'll definitely like. I think like when it gets to like either the final episode or just halfway through, we'll be like, "Hey, let's talk off that Mandalorian fellow." Yeah, it's just it's really good. <laughs> right. So that mm-hmm. is the end of the show. That's mm-hmm. made it sound aggressive when I said it that way. Right. That's the end of the show. Stop listening. So it's a goodbye from the skull. Goodbye, everybody. Uh, stay safe out there and uh, don't let that wind blow you because, geez, that's a vicious wind here over in Scotland. And it's a goodbye from me, who's Walker. And it's a goodbye from Wilbur, who, if I get this mic close enough, you might be able to hear him purring. Yeah. Say goodbye, Wilbur. We'll finish it on Wilbur Purring.